Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I'm Jerry. Oh, I'm Jerry. Jerry! <laughs> For those of you who don't know Jerry, Jerry is one of our more active supporters in our community and one of our patrons. And Jerry chose tonight to visit <laughs> us and do a guest episode, pick an epi- pick a movie and co-host. So welcome, Jerry. You want to tell people a little bit about you? Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Tell people about yourself and your love for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I'd, I could go on forever about that. So I'll just uh, do a, a brief thing real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 39 years old, father of three, happily married, uh, work at Amazon, doing computer stuff and uh, love Christmas. St. Nicholas has always been my favorite saint. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like getting up Christmas morning and, you know, sharing that time with your family and just drinking some hot chocolate, eating some tamales and uh, yeah. And yes, I'm Hispanic in, in case the tamales didn't tip you off there. But. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love the idea of tamales for Christmas. Is this your patron saint or any of your children's? Um, he is, yes, my, my son, Andrew. It's Andrew cool. Joseph Nicholas. Yeah. So That's awesome. Oh, I love really cool. that. So, so do you buy your hot chocolate on Amazon? No, <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta make your. <laughs> no idea you work for Amazon. <laughs> no, no, no. Although uh, you know there is some pretty cool discounts, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we've got to ask because it's a movie podcast. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Ooh, that one's tough. I gotta say, probably Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original, or Scrooged. It's probably really close between those two. Good choice. Uh, one of those is on our agenda for this year. Nice. I think two of them actually. <laughs> are both of them? <laughs> I think both of them are. Oh, nice. Right on. Can't wait. So Can't it's going to be a good hear. holiday season for you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what we rank them. Well, uh, <laughs> I have my own rankings, so no worries. <laughs> uh, I have a pretty good is- feeling that those are fairly safe. Scrooged, there is no way Scrooge is not going to make the top of our list. It's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just so amazing. It is. Challenge accepted. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, you better begin. <laughs> if there's the no word, more Anthony movie out there than Scrooged. The word arsonry, <laughs> or the word uh, uh, arson just popped into my head and didn't go away after you said that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a least favorite Christmas movie, Jerry? Oh, well, that uh, that last one that you did with Candace Cameron Bure definitely 
<laughs> ranks up there. <laughs> and I, I like Hallmark movies. I can, you know, sit and watch them because you just turn your brain off and enjoy the Christmas of it all. Right. But uh, that one was rough. That really was rough. And, uh, well, you know what? Actually, the Graceland one was probably worse. So, yes, I was about to say. Worse. Yeah. We're sorry for the. I was going to say, you like the Pickler one more than. <laughs> It's been a rough few weeks. <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think all of the hosts, of the regular hosts, still pick Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, right? Correct. Oh, yeah, that's my least favorite by far, yes. I actually haven't seen that one just because everyone I know says it's terrible. Um, but yeah. I feel like, like a rite of passage, you need to see it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, for every Christmas lover, it's a rite of passage you must go through. <laughs> It, it's It'll like make you Yoda. appreciate every other Christmas movie so much more. It's like when Yoda sends Luke into the tree and he oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord Vader and it's actually <laughs> Luke in a costume. <laughs> you have to confront your dark side. All right, I'll have to check it out then. Speaking of dark side, Rankin Bass, huh? <laughs> so so a little bit of background for our listeners. This was initially not the movie Jerry picked. Then we messaged him to schedule the film he originally picked, and he said he was having doubts and kind of considering the film we're about to cover. And I was like, oh, well, luckily for you, that's already on our schedule for the first week of July. So you should just hop on that episode. What was your original movie, Jerry? Uh, It's called All I Want for Christmas. That's what I was originally going to do. And it's, uh, it's a terrible movie, but it had a huge nostalgia factor for me. And I thought it'd be fun to, to do it. And then um, I don't remember, I think my brother was talking about something and he mentioned Rudolph and Frosty one time. And, and I remembered this, this you know, R&B one and I thought, you know what, this is like the Avengers or like the, the crisis on infinite earths of, of Rankin Bass. You know, I, I got to do this. I'm a comic book guy. You know, I got I, I to gotta do this episode. So that's when I changed my mind. And thank you for graciously accepting. <laughs> Hey, when I heard you were willing to jump on this one, I thought to myself, I may have a Rankin-Bass ally in my corner. So I was all for you to <laughs> over to this episode. Seriously, you know, it's a, it, you grow up and, and um, you know, Rudolph and Frosty and Santa Claus is coming to town. They're like, it, you know, it's not Christmas if I don't see them, uh, mm-hmm. of course, with the Grinch and Charlie Brown also. But, but really, it's just there's something magical that like every time I watch it, even though there's, you know, depending they don't hold up but uh but i mean it just takes me back to when i was like seven years old you know and and it's just special and and it's just not christmas without it so i had to i had to jump on this one you know the secret wars so how do your kids uh feel about it <laughs> they love them actually they love rankin bass they love rankin bass yeah and i don't know if it's that just because i do so or awesome. but they'll sit there and just watch with their you know their mouths agape and you know just they love it so well that's pretty awesome yeah. So for our listeners, because I don't think we officially announced what movie we're covering this week, we are covering 1979's Rudolph yes. and Frosty's Christmas in July. Very fitting for the first episode this July. Little background about the show, too. This was on our list schedule last July, and then we switched it because we hadn't covered Frosty the Snowman yet, and we had to do them in somewhat mm-hmm. chronological order. Right. Yep. So I'm just going to give you all a quick synopsis 
first before we you can uh, give a quick synopsis. I'd love to hear this. <laughs> Anthony, I want you to wing this synopsis, please. <laughs> I would not even know where to start. You want me to? <laughs> Thousands of years ago, an evil wizard named Winterbolt. I don't know. <clears throat> I like where we're going. Keep keep going, Anthony. Keep going. You got this. <laughs> okay. Google synopsis for this movie. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer realizes his famous red nose is getting dim. Santa Claus explains that the glow was provided years ago by Lady Borealis to make sure he could make it through a storm created by the evil Winterbolt, ruler of the North Pole. Lady Borealis put a spell on Winterbolt that sent him into a deep sleep, but now the villain is awake and trying to draw Frosty the Snowman into a plot to extinguish Rudolph's nose for for good. (laughs) You know what would have made this better? What? If he had lost a curling match. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if that's how he ended up asleep, it because of a lost curling match. <laughs> Let's just run through the cast real quick, because they're all people who've appeared in these Rankin Bastards <clears throat> before, so it'll be really quick to get through them all. And then we'll get into our history specifically with this special. So Rudolph is played by is voiced by Billy Mae Richards who was also the original voice in the original special. Frosty was voiced by Jackie Vernon, again, the original voice. Thurl Ravenscroft, probably best known for the Grinch animated special, mm-hmm. voiced the genie of the Ice Scepter. Mickey Rooney is back playing... <laughs> <laughs> How do you say those words with a straight face, Anthony? <laughs> the genie of the Ice Scepter. <laughs> Mickey Rooney's back voicing Santa Claus. I think it was the Santa from a year without a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I know he's voiced them all, yeah. but that's yep. the one it looked like. Yep. Yeah. Red Buttons voiced Milton. Alan Seuss voiced Scratcher. Darlene mm-hmm. Conley voiced Mrs. Claus. Shelby Flint voiced Elaine Lorraine. Ethel Merman voiced Lily Lorraine. Paul Freeze played Winterbolt, yes. Keeper of the Cave, Jack Frost, and Officer Kelly. Don Messick played Sam Spangles, Donner, Santa's Cuckoo Clock, and some random clowns. <laughs> Hal, Hal Perry played Big Ben, the clockwork whale. Shelley Winters played Crystal, Frosty's wife. And Nellie Bellflower played Lady Boreal. First Ooh. of all, I just got to say, that sounds like a stripper name. Lady Boreal? <laughs> <laughs> or Crystal. Up north in the Klondike? <laughs> So, Jerry, since you've mm-hmm. never been on the show before, besides giving us your history with this specific special, what's your history with Rankin Bass in general? You kind of touched on it earlier, but... Yeah, uh, well, this particular special, I actually didn't even know about until about uh, five years ago. In the, Of course, growing up, and since I can remember, we always watched Rudolph and Frosty and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, I learned there were other... Rankin Bass, you know, Christmas specials, and not just Christmas specials, but uh, holiday specials. And then five years ago, I finally decided, you know what, I, it's it's time for me to check it out. So I I saw this uh, first by myself, just because I I wasn't sure. I mean, I'd heard that there was some scary parts, and I, I didn't want my daughter uh, at the time she was two. I didn't want her to see anything too scary, and you know that genie, the ice scepter man, he's creepy. But you know, yeah. she likes she likes it now. Uh, now that she's seven, so. Um, yeah, but Rankin Bass, I mean, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I don't even remember a time where, you know, 
they weren't part of our Christmases. So, and which uh, one is your favorite? Uh, <laughs> that's tough. Um, well, I know y'all ranked uh, Frosty higher, but I gotta go with the original Rudolph. I, you know, it's as as weird as it is. I mean, a, a winged lion that runs an island of of toys that are you know manufactured incorrectly, or, or I mean, that's just that's, that's you know bananas, but. Uh, <laughs> But something about it just it's it's has a charm to it that I just it draws me you know draws me in every time. God, that name King Moon Racer and and all the names in this are just so seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Moon Racer was sixties, but uh, I mean that's definitely sixties. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sixties, seventies. Yeah. But but yeah, this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lainey Lorraine. I mean, come on now. <laughs> that also sounds like a stripper name. Yeah, yeah it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if we're going to make Christmas specials, we're going to have to send somebody to strip clubs to get good names sourced for us. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Ew. Julia, what's your history with this specific special? Have you seen it before? Did not even know it existed until this came up on the schedule and watched it today. And I can faithfully say my opinion of Rankin Bass has stayed exactly the same. <laughs> These aren't a part, I mean, I've said before, it's not a part of my history. So right. um, I'll be a third wheel on this one because I didn't grow up with these really. So we haven't really Tom, talked about much Rankin Bass this year. I did at a Christmas time last year watch Rankin Bass did, did continue to come up. It's, it's, I have this weird nostalgia for it. I, I have a strong nostalgia factor. I don't actually know that I like them, but they give me the Christmas feels. Yep. Um, this and one, I think it's easier probably, correct me if I'm wrong, to watch them when you're not watching them critically for the show. Yes, 100%. Definitely true, yep. I <laughs> think I've seen this one as a kid. There were some things of it that were familiar-ish. I don't know that I actually watched the whole thing because – Man, this was trippy. And if so, it's probably trauma blocked, to be honest. Uh, I think that any normal sane child would have to trauma block this to, to survive. Um, we'll see if it comes out during my therapy or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you, Anthony? I grew up on this one, too. Like this one, I remember definitely from being a child. I don't remember watching it as much as Santa Claus is coming to town or Rudolph or Frosty or the year without a Santa Claus or anything. But this one was definitely part of my Christmas canon. And for a while, well, they show it every Christmas still on Freeform, mm -hmm. but ABC Family did used to show it every July too, a few times. I don't know if they still do that. Well, last year it went to, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but last year it oh, went no. to that AMC and their Christmas countdown with yeah. all the other Rankin Bass and, a lot of really good movies. Yeah. Uh -huh. AMC had a better lineup in general last year than Freeform did. Yeah, they did. Freeform plays the same like four over and over. AMC like had a deep catalog. I liked it. I agree. Well, there are so many movies as we're, as we're learning with this podcast. There are so many movies out there. I don't know why so many of them are replayed so many times. I mean, I know there's the, the nostalgia love factor for some of them. But man, there's so many movies that there are so many opportunities they're missing out on. Yes. So this was Rankin Bass's first theatrical film, which is why, compared to the 45-minute special, other specials, this was feature length. It was an hour and a half, just under. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And it was, Can I say something about that for a second? No. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> <it's> too much. <laughs> it's been a busy, busy week. And I didn't get around to watching this until today. And I'm like, oh, man, it'll be cake. Because I had, I had to work a little bit around 7. And I'm like, you know, problem. We're talking about, well, like 28 minutes, right? Because I'll have to cut all the commercials out. And then I look and it's a, it's an hour and 25 minutes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? They made them this long? So that was a nice surprise. And that's the so, edited down version, that was actually. A surprise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like they, they took content out or they just took the commercials out? No, they took uh, several of the songs out. Uh, oh, my gosh. Edited down to fit into a two-hour block. What yeah. songs? This thing was in oh. theaters? It, yeah, thing. it was. It, it was released in July. It did terrible. Um, okay. But it apparently was there was like, like hardly any marketing either. It was out for like three weeks. It completely bombed. Yeah. And the original movie posters are out there and worth a lot of money. They're just very hard to track down. They're super hard, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. But there weren't any uh, theater standees, you know, back in the, back in the day. That's, uh, that know, sounds familiar. Yeah, there weren't any of those. And uh, I guess they're just, like Anthony said, they're just super hard to find. And, and I only know this because I, I spoke with uh, Rick Goldschmidt, the official Rankin-Bass biographer. He's a friend of mine. I uh, met him a few times. He introduced me to um, to uh, Paul Coker Jr., who designed a lot of these guys. He he drew from Mad oh. Magazine, and uh, he designed a lot of these characters. So, uh, you know, really cool guy, and both of them. But, uh, yeah, that's why I know some of this stuff. Wait, so you met that's the guy? So cool. What What did you say his name was? So I met uh, Rick, Rick Goldschmidt, first of all, the uh, official biographer. He, he's interviewed everybody, um, was good friends with Arthur Rankin, Maury Laws, their, their composer, um, you know, uh, Billy Bolke, um, Billy May Richards, all these guys. I mean, he, you know, he was down with all those cats. And, uh, and then I also got to meet Paul Coker Jr., who um, is the actual designer of most of these characters. So. so have you seen like the original, any of the original like little stop motion sets or figures or anything? That, no, I haven't. Uh, the only oh. one I did see was Smokey the Bear. Um, <clears throat> he brought him down. He, he, that was on loan. I got to see Smokey the Bear from that. Uh, I think it was from, no, not Willie McBean. I don't remember which one is from, but uh, it was when they were first toying with the Animagic, the stop motion puppet tree. And um I, I guess it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, That's stuck awesome. with it. <laughs> Did you guys see that episode of Antique Roadshow where somebody found like a bunch of the original Rudolph yes. ones in their attic and like, yeah, like she brought them in and they were like the original puppets. Yeah, what's crazy is a lot of these guys, after they would finish filming, they would throw away most of the stuff, <gasps> just, go, just throw it out in the dumpster because, you know, out back because they didn't need it. So, you know, it was just a. And I would hazard a guess oh they didn't uh, foresee them becoming as timeless as they did. Nope. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is the first time and only time Frosty, who is typically animated, was turned into a stop motion puppet, mm -hmm. as well as his family. And uh, this is the last They're time. They're precious, Ooh. by the way. <laughs> Chili and Millie. You got some questions about them. <laughs> 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 and this is the last time Rudolph was, um, you know, a stop motion puppet. Okay. All right. And, yeah. and once again, it is for some reason, just like in Rudolph's shiny new year, he's reverted back to a child reindeer without the antlers, even though he grows up in 
the original Rudolph special. So I have a theory about that, but I'll get into it later. Uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till it's time. But I do have a theory about why, why that happens. I, I know the actual real reason, but I, I have a theory in canon. <laughs> so, well, I've got to hear it now. Like, okay. All yeah. right. Well, if you want to, if you want me to say it now. Okay. So, uh, um, and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but uh, no. I'm a talker. So, as far as why they they're different, um, different companies and networks paid for these different specials. So each one wanted something unique and <clears throat> and like to call their own. So design wise, that's why Santa has like dots for eyes in the first one, and then in his own special, you know, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's I don't know, happier looking. <laughs> so, yeah. Or jolly. yeah. You know, yeah, jolly, more jolly, exactly. Um, so that was like the actual reason. But as far as in canon, I like to, because, you know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a huge comic book guy. Uh, I like to think of these as a multiverse, you know, uh, whereas the, um, there's the, the one universe has the, the traditional 2D cell animation, Frosty. You know, uh, and then in another universe, there's Rudolph where he grows up. And, and in this particular universe that we're watching here, uh, it all kind of tracks similarly, but there's just subtle differences. I mean, just look, think about it. When they have the flashback of Santa's wedding, it's actually in a church instead of, you know, they made a big deal in the original about no church would have them, you know, it's outside and they decorated the Christmas tree. But here they, they didn't do that. They're actually there. Uh, it shows them marching up to the um, to the North Pole. But the elves, instead of like the Kringle elves from the from the other one, they're uh, designed like Jingle and Jangle from the year without a Santa Claus. And there's a lot of little things like when Rudolph is born, who's in the room, you know, when they discover his yeah, red and, nose. And so I like to Rudolph think of it as like a, a particular. Yeah, it's nothing major. The it's stable, yeah. Yeah, the, exactly. You know, so it's a, uh, I like to think of it as, as just a, another universe in this multiverse of Rankin Bass. <laughs> That's the uh, only way my, my brain, my comic booky brain can comprehend all these little uh, inconsistencies in uh, continuity. I like, I like that theory a lot because <laughs> I was yeah. watching it just thinking to myself, man, they retconned the heck out of all the previous. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Absolutely. They really built a mythology, you know? <laughs> I have a really hard time with the inconsistency of the mythology. Little things like Santa is a total freaking jerk. Oh, in that first one. <laughs> right? Ugh. Oh, this one too. Because he, apparently in this one, he knew why Rudolph's nose was red. He tells that whole backstory. So Yeah, that's true. If she is That makes gone, him even more of a jerk in the original. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's true. He knew, he knew he was going to need that red nose, and he's still like total douche turd about it. <laughs> okay. So we're talking a lot about this retcon mythology. So <laughs> I'm gonna pick Julia. <laughs> I'm gonna task Julia with explaining this uh <laughs> this North Pole mythology that resulted in Rudolph's red nose and eventually led to this modern day conflict and to the best of your ability. <laughs> Why don't you tell listeners who may have not who may have not seen this special about Winterbolt and Lady Borealis and Yeah, so one, I don't think I'm the most equipped to tell this tale. <laughs> because as I was watching it, I'm like, look what they're doing with this. <laughs> so creative. Um, okay, so yeah, there I pictured I literally pictured when I was watching this, Julia saying, What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so saying, what the crap, man? Yes, that's exactly what I said. What the crap, <laughs> yeah. Marty. What the crap. 
first I was like, this thing is an hour and a half. And then they started in with the mythology. And I'm like, what the actual crap is happening in this movie? And Marty's like, I've never seen that one. And I'm like, you should watch it. Um, okay, so there's an evil wizard named Winterbolt. And all I could hear was Winterfell. And all I could think was, <laughs> winter is coming. So all I could think was Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I was like, stop it. So, How cool would that be I mean, a, a Game of Thrones dragons. with uh, Rankin Bass characters? <laughs> yeah. And there were dragons. Don't and there were dragons. dragons. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the ice dragons. There were Wait, so dragons. They, were not stop, they were not stop motion. They were like Fraggle Rock. I think they were puppets, yeah. Yeah, they were like proper puppets. So I thought that was interesting too. They um, were trash. They were... <laughs> Um, okay, so there's Winterbolt, and he's a bad guy. Um, he is kept in check by Lady Boreal, right? The Queen of the Northern mm -hmm. Lights. She basically says she keeps. She's a total downer. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing <laughs> lasts forever. But then she turns right back around at one point and says, "You'll forever be blah blah blah. Nothing lasts forever." <laughs> and so she is like hippie queen, lording over everybody else, and she's able to keep him in check. She puts him in a in a coma right she puts a spell on and keep him from wreaking havoc and then okay so then we have santa in santa claus is coming to town is that the right timeline santa okay mm -hmm. and then um so then winterbolt wakes up and and asks his creepy mountain talking man with the tea <laughs> the, genie. The, the, genie. <laughs> the genie oh genie of the ice scepter that's right um asks him Hey, what happened while I was asleep? And 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 when Winterbolt hears about how Santa's magic powers grew out of the love of kids, he devises a scheme to trap Santa and make all the other kids love him instead. All the brats. He'll deliver toys to them that are even better than Santa's. He'll basically pull uh, he'll pull a Santa Claus three. I mean, he'll pull a Santa Claus two. Santa Claus two. He'll pull a Santa Claus two. Right. Uh, three. A mix between two and three. Jack yeah. Frost. Three. Above. That's true. That's true. Um, so so Winterbolt's scheme is to throw this gigantic snowstorm. So they're doing that backward storytelling. So he sends this big snowstorm. Ah, but guess who's been sent to defeat said snowstorm? Rudolph. Rudolph with the glowing red nose. And so that sort of tells origin story for Rudolph a little bit, right? Like some of the mm -hmm. background. Right, Lady Morales comes down when he's born. I assume dr drugs his mother and knocks her out so she could talk to Rudolph. <laughs> she does seem a bit drugged up. <laughs> she does. She just passed out, yeah. And then wakes up the minute she disappeared. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she comes down. Yes, no. Also, it gives Rudolph this mark on his hoof. So think you about know what design-wise, though, that was really cool. The uh, the star cradled by a snowflake, like yeah, that was just that was cool. you know, yeah. as far as production design, I thought they did a pretty good job with that. And yeah, the production design on this movie really is pretty fantastic. Yep. I mean, so the quality. We've talked about the quality in the past. <clears throat> the quality in this one is great. Oh, wait till you get to the uh, the life and adventures of Santa Claus. That was the last one they did. Oh, really? uh, with the Animagic Method in like 86. And that one uh, is phenomenal. A friend of mine, Dave Roman, who's also an artist, he um, actually had some friends that were in the stop motion business. They worked on Nightmare Before Christmas and he showed him that one and they were so impressed with the quality, you know, from 20 years earlier. But 
Anyway, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. You know, like again. all the people. I know um, a few people. Awesome. That's, that's about you know, it. All the people. <laughs> so Lady Borealis gives Rudolph this mark, which well, basically powers his nose and makes it glow. And she's like, as long as you promise to use your nose for good <laughs> and not evil, your nose will glow. Right. You understand. And <laughs> Rudolph, who can barely talk, is just staring at her wide eyes. And like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then she disappears. And Rudolph's drugged up mom wakes up, huh? What happened? And then Yonder flies home from like what did he say? A three-week journey when he found out she gave birth uh, or something? 300, 300 miles in 15 leaps. Yeah, yeah. okay, there you go. I knew there was a three <laughs> somewhere. Wait. But okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is some really heavy crap she's throwing on a newborn, <laughs> right? Like, and and Rudolph's got this whole thing to uh, Rudolph's got this whole burden to bear now about being good and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even remember it. And I've got a problem with the the whole premise of why he loses his nose too. Late. Oh, I do too. Yeah, uh, because it wasn't evil. He he was tricked. <laughs> he was tricked exactly. Not only was he tricked, Man. but he, the reason he let it happen was because of a, a seriously selfless act of love for Frosty and his family. Yeah, yeah. And then Frosty's dumb wife is all like, "Don't associate with don't, him." Yeah, don't talk to person. him. Oh. <laughs> lots of anger in this movie have you guys taken snow a ball of snow on top of a hill and pushed it down yeah every every in your life what happens it gets all lumpy and falls apart at the end and we all cry but it grows as it's going it picks up snow yeah it does so when these kids are like their whole like obsession with like how and, and at the circus it's weird that they would have an entire act for kids just Sliding on their tummies. That's a really weird circus fact. <laughs> but just looking at the laws of nature, as they're going down, they would be picking up more snow and growing in girth, but they don't. Right. Christmas like, magic, also, yo. Christmas, Christmas magic. magic. Christmas if, magic, yo. If I pay money to go to a circus, there's a lady shooting blank bullets and some weird snow things going down a hill on their tummy, I'm not going to be very happy. It was a trippy circus show. I gotta admit that. Uh, like a woman shooting blank bullets. I couldn't stop laughing at the end where she throws her <laughs> she gun. Just throws the gun. That <laughs> Winterfell stat. Oh, Winter Bolt. Winter Bolt. I can imagine that parade they have is so weird. Like the lions dancing with the lion tamer in the in the cage. What the heck? Okay, okay. I I have to stop us all right here because I can imagine a listener who hasn't watched this before but listens to the episode being like, "What the heck are they talking about?" Uh, Let's worry, if you watch the movie, you're going to be wondering the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. All of our listeners are in that boat right now, Anthony. Okay. I'm going to try my best to explain what happened here. Okay. So, so Winterfell, after Rudolph, inadvertently. <laughs> Winterfell. Winterfell. That's his name, Winterfell. That's from now on, it's just Winterfell. I, didn't think of that at all until Julia mentioned it earlier. Now that's all I'm going to say. 
<laughs> guys, guys, somehow this episode needs to turn into a drinking game. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> After Rudolph inadvertently, the war, inadvertently, because he didn't know he was doing it at the time, thwarts <laughs> Winterbolt's plan. Winterbolt, how did he come up with this scheme to send them to a summer circus? <laughs> Uh, it was it was with the help of his genie, right? Yes. Okay. So the and genie... somehow Winter Wintervolt has the power to put ideas into people's heads out of snow, snow. out of snow, including... that nobody else sees, yeah. including Santa. Yeah, okay. isn't that crazy? <laughs> and Santa knows Santa knows about this whole weird storm that happened and the ice dragons, and and the uh, stripper borealis and all of that stuff, and yet. He had no idea who Wintervolt was. Okay. Okay. Hey, how about this? Wintervolt can implant thoughts into people's minds. Why didn't he just get Santa to give up his job and move away from the North Pole? And then he had the North Pole to himself. <laughs> it's too straightforward for a villain, man. Yeah, you don't get an hour and 24 minutes out of that. You can't just shoot Bond. You got to put him in a you know, super slow moving <laughs> contraption. <laughs> Okay, that's, that is one problem I have with, like, so many villains. Why didn't Mad-Eye Moody just turn one of Harry's pencils into a freaking portkey earlier on in the year instead of manipulating this whole plan to get him to the graveyard a year later while Voldemort's just well, cool with waiting? Had to be, you know, formed a little more. <laughs> that's what I assume. He's a little ugly baby. We don't we don't question Harry Potter mythology on this podcast. Like foot is down, people. That's a cardinal sin. Foot is down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Regardless of how Winterbolt comes up with this plan, he comes up with a plan basically to get Rudolph to lose his magic nose, which is the only thing stopping him from conquering the North Pole by sending him and Frosty and Frosty's whole family down to this circus run by this really busty cowgirl lady. <laughs> she, is, she is bizarrely busty. That's the one thing Sarah commented on when she walked in and saw her. She was like, why is she so bosomy for a character? Yeah. And she walks like she is too, which I thought was an interesting choice on the animators. Like you can tell that girl's got some back issues. She was, she was having some issues walking. So was she Annie Oakley, which was kind of like an Annie Oakley type character or something, right? That's that yeah, like a trick shot or something. Okay. So Winterbolt gives Frosty and his family these like magic snowflake medallions to wear so they, they don't melt in this 4th of July summer heat. Which is another really cool thing uh, design-wise. You know, the, the four Fs uh, that, that kind of yeah. intermingle to make a little snowflake. You know, the, the what final firework fades on the 4th. You know, those four Fs. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, Frosty yep. really hammers home by saying F, 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 F. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Frosty's charming. That's what I like about Frosty. Uh, Frosty is charming, yeah. So, okay, so they have until the last firework on the 4th to get back to the North Pole or they melt. The magic stops working. So, Santa, <laughs> because of Winterbolt's little mind trick, says, Oh, me and Mrs. Claus will get down and zoom you back up before the last firework. Don't worry. By the way, that was like really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, 
But when they try to get down to get Frosty and take him back to the North Pole, they get stuck in a snowstorm, which did not look anywhere near as bad as the storm Rudolph had to guide them through. So I don't know why Santa couldn't fly through that. But I digress. <laughs> For some reason, he couldn't. I digress. And I don't know. There's this whole thing where Winterbolt has this shady reindeer who, trick, who tricks Rudolph. It, no, this reindeer, reindeer looks like he's on drugs or something. He's, like, like, he's super sketchy. Scratcher. <laughs> Scratcher. Like he looks like he would be standing on a corner at a school selling something to kids. That's what this reindeer looks like. Yeah, and he sounds like Ed Grimley. You know, the Martin Short character. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. He's yeah. done. That's what yeah. it sounds like. He does. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> so he's this like down on his luck reindeer who guilts Rudolph into getting him a job at the circus or something. But then this reindeer convinces Rudolph to steal the circus's money. And <laughs> like inadvertently. And everybody other, believes he did it. Everyone believes he did it. And nobody's really curious like how he met this guy, like how they got, none of that's really, everybody's just kind of like, oh, that's what you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so his nose goes out because apparently this is an act of evil that Lady Borealis. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a big problem with that. I remember the first time I saw it too, thinking like, what the heck, he was tricked. And it's almost like, yeah. like the magic recognizes the objective evil in stealing, but doesn't recognize like the mitigating circumstances that, you know, would, lessen his culpability in it. It's just so weird. So I can I can crazy magic. I can only assume that (laughs) to try to make sense of this, I can only assume it didn't really leave him. It was kind of like a warning, like, oh you did something bad, ha ha ha. Because he gets his nose light back pretty quickly. So Frosty feels really bad, and he's like, I wish there was something I could do for Rudolph. I'd do anything for him. And Winter pulled his back. What could that snowman have that I don't already have? Ha 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 ha. And then the genie's like, Frosty has his own magic. It's on his head. He's so just like him. Hold on with you today, man. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> and then he plays the Frosty the Snowman song for for Winterbolt. And I, all I can picture is Winterbolt just sitting in the dark cave watching like Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> And we needed, I think the issue was we needed good music. That's why we had those flashbacks more than anything. We needed good music. Yeah. Done. They got to the point of like, guys, this music doesn't really cut it. We need something better. So speaking of the music, actually, uh, Maury Laws, uh, he's a guy that you know writes all the songs, uh, all the original songs for these. He's their composer. He did all that stuff. Um, this was the last film that he worked with Johnny Marks together. Uh, they co-wrote some songs and stuff because... Uh, and I promised I wouldn't get into why, but apparently uh, they really did not get along. They they really hated each other. So he only agreed to do this one uh, if this would be their last collaboration. 
Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so they decided to make it really bad so nobody would take a chance. And ask them. Well, I don't know, but you can kind of tell in the songs. I mean, it just, the, they don't have that snappiness they that like Miser, Snow Miser songs have, you know? It's just no. something's missing. Man. So That's I so thought interesting you brought up the Heat Miser, Snow Miser, because I want to talk about some of these ancillary Ranking Bass characters. Like, this brings together all the other specials, right? Oh, yeah. Where, where, where was, like, Winter Warlock? Is Winter Warlock, like, some descendant of Winter Bolt? I always thought it was, like, Sauron, you know? And, like, like Winter Bolt <laughs> yeah. was, like, Morgoth, you know? Morgoth and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, I, I always have to put everything in terms of, like, sci-fi fantasy comic books. That's the only way my brain can figure these things out. <laughs> I love it, man. I really do. <laughs> But yeah, there were a lot. Yukon Cornelius wasn't there. Where, you know what happened or to him? Herbie. Yeah, where was he? Hermie, Hermie just, yeah, Hermie the elf. We just in fact, Frosty stole his duet. He did. He yeah, did. <laughs> Frosty that's true. Stole the duet. That's true. We're a couple of misfits. Yeah. I I guess they. I, first of all, I don't know why Frosty's a misfit. He's exactly what a snowman should be, and does exactly what a snowman should do. Because his hat changed color. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Orange yeah, now. What was, what was with that? <laughs> I don't know. But, it's a different universe, man. Our, uh, uh, I, must, I, I find it kind of sad that we have a <clears throat> little care for dental hygiene in the North Pole now. <laughs> where, where was Topper? Where were Heat Miser? Topper, and yeah. I'm really surprised, surprised about Heat Miser and Snow Miser. It's sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were cool Big characters. Ben, but Big Ben was in it. Big Ben so was, was there. Yeah. Jack Frost. thing to bring back. And Jack that Frost from the weird. second Frosty movie was mm-hmm. in it to stop animation this time. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. But I feel like Heat Miser and Snow Miser were a natural fit if they were talking about like summer and then the winter magic. I feel like they could have shoehorned them in somehow. And where was Mother mm-hmm. Nature in all of this? Why didn't she help? Where was Mother Nature? Also, the year without a Santa Claus established, the reindeer can't be in hot weather for a long time because Vixen got sick when she was stuck in Summertown or whatever yep. that place is mm-hmm. called. But Rudolph and that shady guy seem to be doing pretty <laughs> well for themselves down at the well, I think Scratcher was probably so high he didn't Scratch. notice. <laughs> He's all hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> you know what part? And I know they're playing it for like you're supposed to feel bad, and I did. But I also laughed because it was so over the chop dramatic. When, <laughs> when Rudolph lost his nose glow, and he's trying to do the circus act, and people are just booing him, and he's like, I can still do my jumps. And people are like, boo, we want a refund. <laughs> we've <laughs> oh, yeah. got a flying reindeer here and people are still not yeah people are never satisfied but they were happy they were happy before with a lady with a bunch of blanks <laughs> and lighting on her stomach so, so Rudolph goes after Winterbolt after he takes Frosty's hat and Frosty dies or and uh, I want you to remember your father as he was. <laughs> oh yeah, don't look children. <laughs> but when she said that, I just lost it. <laughs> I just started cracking up. I want you to remember your father as he was. <laughs> but but that's another point because remember um, he brings her 
doesn't he bring her to life with his love or something like that? Or she brings him back with, with her love in Frosty's Winter Wonderland? Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah Trouble right. in paradise for the Snow family. Her love is enough this time. Her love has died, <laughs> just like their father. <laughs> Can't you bring him back? It's changed no. everything, I guess. I don't know. Her love has died, just like your father. <laughs> so, so it lasts forever. It lasts forever. So, so Rudolph goes after Winter Vault. Hustles with his ice snakes. Like that snake looks like he's gonna Oh, the rain snakes, yeah. The rain the (laughs) The rain snakes. Stupidest line. I don't have reindeer, I have rain snakes. <laughs> it's very, it seemed very 70s. Like, like if you were to, you know, it, the comic books of the time were also kind of very much like, oh. that, you know, just, oh, yeah. just the, the dumbest villains and all sorts of things like that. So Rudolph gets Frosty's hat back, goes back to the circus, brings it back to life. Winter Vulcan. Okay, that hat scene was very anticlimactic. Yeah, he just like knocks him down and grabs it. Like, like, so he's like, okay, pushes him down, takes the hat, and just leaves. The snakes don't even follow him when he goes. (laughs) I see how this guy. I see how this guy got trapped. I mean, he does not have a very strong. But it's important to note: Rudolph pushes him down and just takes a hat. But it's established at the beginning that this guy like killed reindeer and elves in the past because they showed this guy like murdering. Oh, that's the of this movie. But y'all, y'all, the reindeer didn't take a hat in that part. Uh, <laughs> so Winterbolt appears after Rudolph brings Frosty back to life. And he's like, I still have my staff. And, and the cowboy lady, Annie Oakley, who's supposed to be Annie Oakley, based on her, takes out her gun. And her daughter's like, but mama, there are no bullets in that. And she's like, no. <laughs> but this gun can still be whatever. And she throws the gun at the staff and the staff staff shatters. Yeah. And then they introduce this piece of mythology for Winterbolt, like in his dying moments. He's Out like, nowhere. No, yeah, it just no, random. No. When you shatter my staff, I turn into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> then he turns into this really scary looking tree, actually. <laughs> and then uh Santa comes. <laughs> At this point the snowman family is completely melted. Yeah. Power's gone. Jack, Jack Frost shows up and freezes them, and then only their heads are on the ground, like it's some weird horror film. Like their heads are sitting in the puddles on the ground. <laughs> and then Santa Santa and Mrs. Claus finally show up take them back to the North Pole, and Rudolph's like, I'm going to stay till the circus is out of debt. And Santa's like, that'll be quick. I gave them some of my magic feed. Ho, 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 ho. And then the circus flies away after Santa Claus. And I love it, because when Santa's flying away in his sleigh, you know, you got the, the Snow family there, and, you know, the Frosties, and Jack Frost is just blowing up. He's just sitting there blowing on him. <laughs> Literally sitting, sitting, like an inch from their faces. <laughs> Laughed so hard. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and that's the movie. That was the uh, the big <clears throat> Frosty and Rudolph crossover theatrical event. Oh boy! <laughs> it was. Oh man! Though. It was something.
It sure was. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to find some nice things to say about it here. The um, production the, value uh, is very good. Yes, it is. The art in general, like the claymation, everything about it, the scenes, the setting, all of it was beautiful. The snow children were freaking adorable, like Julia said. Oh, so yeah, they were. Millie and Chili, though, those were bad names, y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah. To your point, Tom, it does raise questions. Like, did they, like, literally make their children, like, in the snow? I think that's, I think that's, when a mommy snowman and a daddy snowman, very much, they roll up little balls. The birds and the bees talk. (laughs) (laughs) The snow and the ice talk. Um. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised that all of these years later, given that remakes are in vogue now, they haven't tried to touch any of the Rankin Bass stuff, especially given how popular they still are around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they haven't tried touching it, especially since cinematic universes are in vogue. And this was mm-hmm. a prototype for that. Like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to, like, you know, make it more cohesive and just try to remake them. I'm sh- I am convinced that at some point they may try to do it. I so, feel like there's some, some sacristy here that's going to prevent people from doing that, though. Mm-hmm. I think there's some yeah, things that you just don't touch. And I feel like this is this is one of those things. I mean, they, they have done a few, like, sequel kind of things. Uh, I know they did a live-action version of uh, Year Without a Santa Claus with Michael McKean. Terrible. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, yes, it is. Michael McKean and Harvey Weinstein. Oh, not Weinstein. God. Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Snow Miser and Heat Miser. Yeah. A whole new movie. It's, oh, man. Yeah. But they did one a few years ago. Um also in that same same stop motion style, uh, the Miser Brothers Christmas. That one was okay. The songs are terrible. That one was, but, uh, that one was actually the best of their sequels. Yeah, like, yeah, quote unquote, the Misfit yeah. Toy Island one. Oh yeah, that's pretty bad too. With that guy who literally looks like a <laughs> child offender in the overcoat. Oh man, Boy Taker. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Was that his name, Boy Taker? The the Toy Taker. <laughs> toy Taker. <laughs> oh. It's even worse, I think. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Frosty had a few bad sequels. Yeah, Frosty, Frosty had some really bad sequels. John Goodman was in one of them. Yeah, yeah he was. And I feel like if you have John Goodman in a movie and it's bad, there's probably not much redemption anywhere for it. <laughs> yeah, he, he can carry right. a lot on his back. Can't carry everything. <laughs> <laughs> I did like. Um, I mean, I know you guys get into quotes. I don't know if we're into that section. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. (laughs) I did like that one scene where Milton's first introduced and he, you know, they're asking him what's wrong and he unfolds the, uh, the poster for the, (laughs) for the circus, you know, and he says he's in love and, and, um, Crystal says, you're in love with the whole circus. I'd call a guy like that fickle. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like it's definitely a joke from its time, you know. I like when Lily Lorraine and is talking to the clown, and she's like, "Elephants? I thought the midgets are gonna play the elf, play the elves." <laughs> and the clown's like, "Nah, they want the they want to play the polar bears." And Lily Lorraine's like, "Actors." Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh man, I did think it was kind of cool. Um, 
because it reminded me of Elf a little bit. Um, you know, when when he, he passed the sea of swirly twirly gumdrops and you know all oh. that that exposition part. Well, when they're talking about Scratcher's Cave and they're like beyond the forest of the burned Christmas trees and the hill of the broken baubles, there you find the cave of lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a depressing oh, that's journey. You have to go on to get to his cave, by the way. Yeah. And he was like a painful rent. one. A hill of baubles. Broken baubles. <laughs> Broken baubles. Oh. oh, man. I like when Millie's like, why do you want to stop the fireworks, Daddy? Aren't you patriotic? And Frosty's <laughs> like, sure, I'm patriotic. My only regret is I only have but one life to melt for my country. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Dad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so bad. What country would that be, by the way? <laughs> I know. He's not American. He's like North Polian. <laughs> well, I guess he was formed in like an American, you know, um, Americana type, you know, that uh, American type setting, I guess. Good point. That was New York. Was it New York? I don't yeah. remember. And the one, the one line I really liked from uh, Winterbolt, just, you know, he's kind of his line delivery, uh, you know, Paul Freeze really, really got it. Uh, is a Shakespearean type of delivery, but the line was, I must rid this Northland of this ho-ho-hoing creature and his flock of interlopers. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he turns into the tree that uh, Lily of the Rain is just like, what an exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't have the quote in front of me, but I did think it was funny when Winterbolt, I think, was talking to Scratcher. And he was like, he's just forthwith. <laughs> and the sentence was a mouthful for sure, but it was funny. I, can't, I expected Scratcher to say something snarky in, res- in response, and he didn't, which I was a little disappointed. But He was jonesing at the time. <laughs> yeah, for <totally>. real. <laughs> I like when Frosty's talking to his family, and he's like, as I always say, a family that slides together abides together. <laughs> and Crystal's like, but you never say that. And Chili's like, stick to the script, Dad. And Frosty's yeah. like, if Santa doesn't get here soon, we're going to be sticking to everything. Uh, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we got the nothing lasts forever quote. That was probably my favorite of the entire show. Yeah. And it's, That's it's kind of like the theme. It's be the title the of the episode. Yeah. There you go. Did you guys buy Rudolph and Frosty's friendship? We talk about relationships on these shows in the live action stuff. Did you buy their friendship chemistry? I think I did. I mean, it just seemed kind of innocent, but it, it seemed like it, it had set it up, you know, off screen. You know? Right. You didn't get to see the meet. You didn't get to see that initial meeting. Yeah. I want to know what happened there. I don't know. Yeah. With all the weird backstories that we got on everything else, for some reason, we didn't hear that one. I, I will say, I think my favorite parts of this special, though, are the flashbacks to yeah. Frosty. Those are the ones that feel the most Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else, you know, at the circus, just not so much. And, and the beginning, the opening notes of this movie, like, you know, put me in the Christmas mood, too, where it's like, bum, 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 That old choir that sings, that gave me the feels. The oh, in, in the show? Yeah. Yeah. When they were singing, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. That's a, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah that, that gave me good. the feels. Yeah. I like the rocking around the Christmas tree one, too. That one actually didn't give me as many Christmas feels. Uh, 
compared to the other one. I think it was just too swinging sixties up tempo kind of. Hey, yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> so it just it just didn't do it for me. So, is there a Linus moment in this film? Nope. I don't I- think so. I'm gonna stretch and say there is. Really? What would it I'm be? Stretch- yeah. What would it be? It is. Where it's Rudolph, it's Rudolph being selfish, selfless, <laughs> and, and sacrificing everything for his family for Frosty. But he didn't learn. But he was already kind of selfless, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. That's definitely <sighs> a stretch. Anthony and I will flip on the issue because we are of the we. So we think the Grinch passes the Linus test because the Who's always knew what Christmas was all about. Right, mm-hmm. so it, there didn't. So we will argue to the point where it, there doesn't have to actually be a change if but, the people that are invested know what it's all about to begin with, like Linus himself. And demonstrate it, yeah. Right, and uh, demonstrate it to which I feel like Rudolph already knew that. So I guess by that reasoning, sure, there's a Linus moment, but that makes me want to waffle on them. <laughs> But the real Linus moment—the real Linus moment—the moment, Grinch is the Grinch. Yeah, that's the right. Right. Um, also, I feel like we, I gotta say this. I feel like we missed the golden opportunity. We should start calling this the the Kitty Angel ornament moment because throughout the entire episode of last week, yep, little Kitty is Linus. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like we missed the golden opportunity of, of that comparison last week. So I've been looking for a good yeah. good way to bring that up. We did. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It doesn't feel Christmas <laughs> enough for me to have a Linus moment, frankly. Well, you know what's interesting to me is you would have thought like the first crossover event between their two big properties would have taken place at actual Christmas and not in summertime. Yeah. It's a weird choice they decided to set it in summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. In summer. In <laughs> summer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Why Would don't it be re- an episode if somebody didn't sing something terribly? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Man, terrible. That was pretty good. We, guys, <laughs> we should maybe plan an episode where we spend a whole episode singing terribly. That is a great idea. Anthony, can you organize it for us? Wait, maybe, well, wait, if wait. you need someone to play guitar, just let me know. <laughs> Are you saying I sing terribly? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's rank this puppy. Okay, here's a serious question because I did not realize this had a theatrical release prior to the recording of this episode. What are we <laughs> oh. ranking this again? Is this on our movie list or is this on our TV list? I think it could go either way, honestly. I'm going to argue... It's the first crossover? I'm going to argue that it should be on both lists. Yeah, I think it should. Yeah, okay, I'll put it on both lists. It's our first Wait, one. Does, that does that mean we can rank it differently on both lists because it's up against different stuff? Do we get a chance to score it twice? You know what I mean? Like, for example, what I would rank it against. Compared like, to what it's up against? Well, what I would rank it against, like, the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, for example, <laughs> probably different than what I would rank it against. What? Like, you don't like Blarney? Kill a Killer Cameron's Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I, I think that's a legitimate question. Like, I think we should we need to take that into account. I feel like a lot of our trying to figure out what do we like it more and less on our movie list is out of pure necessity at this point, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because our numbers are getting there's not an unlimited you know numbers are not forever. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't know. I, that's 
the only the only reason I'm fine with winning on both lists. The only reason I'd advocate if we're going to keep it to one, keep it on TV specials, it's because it's a culmination of basically half of the TV specials we've done so far. It's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I see a case. Yeah, it feels more TV it. to me than movie. It did it, feel, even yeah. though it is a full-length feature. That, that, that you like know, it. that's one of my regrets about Mickey's Christmas Carol. Because even though it debuted in the movie theater, that just feels out of place on the movie list because it's twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think I'm gonna take there. back what I said, and I'm gonna vote. It's just like, so for me, it's just like the Simpsons movie. <laughs> Nothing about that felt like a movie at the end when I'm done watching it. I just feel like I watched a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm feeling yeah. the same we'll way about TV this. I okay. think on TV. So Are you Jerry, that, Anthony? I'm fine with that. That's what I am advocating for. So Jerry, guess first on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> oh man. Well, because this one didn't feel super Christmassy uh, for all of it. You know, it, it had its moments, but uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with like a six and a half. Bold. That's bold. Yeah. Um. I'm going to come in at a 3.7. I think I'm going to come in at a solid four. God, this one's hard, y'all. <laughs> yes, it is. So you hate when you look at the list and realize you ranked something too high that you would want to put it above, but you don't want to give it that high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. And you're talking about Anthony's done. the snowman? Well, which one Anthony's talking about. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just looking at the list. There, I'm, I'm gonna keep it to myself what I'm talking about. You guys can. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I didn't have dude. my page scrolled all the way up. Oh well. Oh, I'm gonna go with you ranked Frosty's Winter Wonderland too high, didn't you? No. Oh, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to go make background. some rolls. I'll be right back. <laughs> A little back yeah, you got this, is, this, is, this is every week. <laughs> every week, I know I'm gonna have to rank something, and then I'm staring at the list for ten minutes, trying <laughs> inwardly debating with myself. I think maybe we should start including that as the bonus footage at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Anthony Delir- the, the Anthony dilemma. <laughs> oh man, this is hard guys because <laughs> i am like oh, this is giving me ajana tom because I <laughs> your, your first <laughs> gut reaction go <laughs> i i rank the flintstone christmas way too high <laughs> give it 7.5 yeah i probably did too I, oh man I well, although can i tell I'm, you what a mind meld it is thinking about the theory that the flintstones and the jetsons exist on the same point of the timeline yeah like that's all i can think about now and i've told all these people about it and they probably think i'm super weird but i'm like oh my gosh you guys <laughs> the flintstones <laughs> live so, at exactly the same point <laughs> so i think i'm gonna talk this out with you guys all right okay. that, I, let's let's do it let's 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 have a therapy okay, session. Yeah, Let me go. Let's have a therapy session. Okay, I'm just gonna talk through my mind process, my mind, my process right here. All right. Okay, so I'm just going down the list. It's better than Charlie. And it's not better than Charlie Brown. Jesus Christ. It's not better than Charlie Brown. Not better than Rudolph. Not better than the what Grinch. Did, so I'm curious about your word choice there. What did Jesus Christ have to do with that thought process? I just felt a little lost. Not better than Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Be- better than, better than Rudolph. Sch- 
<laughs> better than Rudolph's shiny new year. Better than the yes. Leprechaun Christmas gold. Yes. <laughs> the snowman. I get stuck with the snowman. I never saw it. I, <gasps> you never I, saw the snowman? But I never I, read the book either. It was one that kind of passed me by. And yeah. so when the movie, you know, when they were doing the animated feature, I was like, eh, whatever. And I just oh. never had the desire to go see it. And then you guys are saying it was more just a winter, you know, yeah. less, not really Christmas. So I thought, well, I'll pass. Yeah. But Maybe for a winter I, day. Yeah. I think I'd be more inclined to watch this over the snowman. So there's my first okay. barrier pass. Round one. <laughs> 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 so I gave, a, I gave a snowman a five so the, it's not as good as the year without a santa claus no it's not as good as frosty the snowman no no <laughs> definitely not <laughs> frosty's winter wonderland is better you think so i th- i think the story is more cohesive yeah yes that's it but here but here's the thing here and now here's where I'm getting getting stuck. I put Frosty's Winter Wonderland with the snowman on the same level. And then, <laughs> and then and then I, I just mm, this is hard. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go just, just go with your guy. Six point five. Six point five. Nice. Right on. So that gives us that gives us an average of four point Seven three, which puts it at four point seven three, puts it at number eleven on the list, in between Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas and The Snowman. Wait, what? Okay, with that. I I was too harsh on Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas. I've liked it more. Yes, you were. Yeah, I, I remember agree that entirely. I think I liked it more in retrospect. How many Again, times I, I does think Tom come back about a movie and said that? I think Julia really hit the nail on the head when she said, you know, it's uh, about watching it critically versus just watching it. You know, it uh, there's something to be said for just watching it and enjoying it rather than trying to, you know, see where it's going to fall and pick it apart and all that. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going into it far too much now with the critical eye. Yeah. And I'm losing my Christmas magic. My childhood <gasps> wonder. You know what? I actually don't have that problem. Like, when I'm not watching something for the podcast, I can still watch even the oh, Hallmark. No, no, no. I'll get I'm more joy like when, I, it when I'm not watching it for the podcast. I'm talking about when I'm watching it for the podcast. I'm starting out far too critical of everything we're watching. Oh, I could have told you that. I so I was a I was a band director uh, for a few years there in Houston, and I remember having to judge solo and ensemble, the the low brass, and uh, I remember, you know, being very very hard on the earlier <laughs> the earlier ones. Just you know, you're like, okay, take take points off for this, points off for this, and then later on, as as you go, you're just you you start to slowly kind of lose it, and you're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and you start grading them not quite as as harshly. <laughs> I wonder how how bad I messed up those students. <laughs> so Jerry, do you want to? Since you are a patron, do you want to talk to our listeners about our Patreon, for example, and talk about <laughs> benefits of joining? Uh, sure. When you, yeah, uh, it's been pretty cool. You know, there's some some unedited content there. There's some really special episodes. The Clue episode was great. Um, I also was came to the movie Clue later on and, and just 
uh, in life and, and hearing you all talk about it was amazing. I wish I had been on that episode because I mean, that would have been so much fun. Uh, and then uh, you get some cool stuff, but, uh, but yeah, definitely join. You should. Plus you get to, you know, depending on your level, you get to co-host an episode, which is amazing. So I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks coming, for coming and joining us, man. Yeah, we had fun too. And for those of you who want to check out Patreon yourselves, that's www.patreon.com slash tisthepodcast. And you can check out all of our social media by going to tisthepodcast slash Facebook slash Twitter slash Instagram or slash Reddit and join the conversation. That's where uh, we've all got to know uh, several of our listeners, including Jerry. I feel like Jerry has become a friend of mine now. We talk about things not related to Christmas or the podcast randomly. Uh, I agree. On Facebook now. Yep. <laughs> uh, check out our social media if to if you're interested in doing or taking part in our Tissa podcast Christmas in July gift swap. Secret Santa gift swap, which links will be posted by the time this episode drops. So Ooh, before we leave, uh, let me mention really quickly that uh, Friday is because today's July 1st. Friday is the, um, I believe, the count, countdown or the Christmas in July for Hallmark starts, and their oh. ornament debut is this weekend, up, this upcoming weekend. So, go check that out. Good stuff. Last weekend they had uh, Christmas movies going all weekend too. Oh, kicked off. It started. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> let's just forget all of Labor Day and the Fourth of July and summer. Let's jump right in. I agree. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all i think we're getting close enough that we can start doing a countdown of the minutes we have two hundred and fifty-four thousand eight hundred and eighty minutes until christmas that's only four thousand two hundred and forty-eight hours that's only 177 days man that's 25 weeks y'all we're getting there yeah jerry thank you so much for joining us oh we Thanks. haven't announced next week have we the next few weeks net this whole month going forward is going to be a surprise that will become clear to all of you guys next week and we'll leave it at that for now no homework it's summer <laughs> no homework but we're pretty sure you this is one of those movies <laughs> you can cruise by and and do your homework five minutes before the teacher collects it so <laughs> <laughs> all right jerry thank you so much for joining us this was so much fun it was thanks for having me guys pleasure yeah. we'll have to do another one this was enjoyable okay thank you sure. <laughs> all right have a great week everyone bye guys later bye we're a couple of misfits we're a couple of misfits what's the matter with misfits that's where we fit in we're not Daffy and Billy, don't go around willy-nilly. Seems to us kind of silly that we don't fit in. We may be different from the rest. Who decides the test of what is really best? We're a couple of misfits, not a couple of nitwits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. a misfit. I am not just a nitwit. I'm a deer of a reindeer. Why don't I fit in? 